It is usually very clear when a hit and run is an accident. Some people get scared and run away. And sometimes it's so late at night that they don't even realize they hit anybody until the next morning when they usually turn themselves in. But it's weird when a hit and run is at very high speeds. High enough speeds that pieces of the vehicle should be left behind. But there was none. This is the case of Nathan Han. His unsolved hit and run looking a lot more like a murder. Hey guys, and welcome back to my podcast. I'm your host, Lulu, and it's great to see everybody again. I know that I've literally been talking about posting on my TikTok for the longest time, and I am a terrible human being, and I haven't done it yet. I also have not updated my website in the hottest of minutes. I just, you know, it's just been one of those years, apparently. But one of my reasons I couldn't get to uh, the area where we're putting the studio is because we are temporarily parking our motorcycle underneath it. I really don't want that motorcycle out in the rain and the weather and we don't want it to get sun rotted without a cover and so it's been really difficult to get things in and out, myself included, of that area without possibly scratching that motorcycle. And. Uh, I've really been putting it off and just talking to my husband about finding a new spot and I just, today, we are moving it. I'm gonna be able to get in there, move around. My other thing is, is down here where I live, it's been very, very hot. It's been high 90s the last couple of days and with two children, it is very difficult to go out there for long periods of time. My son doesn't wanna stay in his little confined area and he starts screaming and crying, but then if I let him out, he gets super red and hot. Same with my daughter, she gets super red as she runs around and jumps on the tramp. So I can really only stay outside for like 30 minutes at a time. And both of my children are my shadows. So I can't go outside for like an hour and start doing some cleanup and record it and do all these things without them literally losing their mind. So good news is we're gonna move the motorcycle. I'm gonna be able to get in there now and hopefully my children will just kind of stay out of my way while I move some big stuff. It's not gonna bother me when they're in there when I'm like putting the walls and that stuff up and like decorating, that won't bother me. It's the moving the things out that I'm worried about. I am sure there are spiders in there and who knows what else. So that's the reason why I've been putting that off. My website is literally just me being lazy. And I know the more I post episodes and don't update my website, the more behind I get on it. And I think I'm like months behind on it. So I am sorry about that if you guys go see the website and there's nothing on the website right now, but I'll get that fixed eventually. Right now I want to get the studio made. I think that's the only real news in my life or update, mostly just the apology that I haven't gotten around and started updating my TikToks. But yeah, I also wanted to say we're almost ready to start our Wednesday uploads. I finally do have a good backstock of ideas and research done on a bunch of them, and I do have some stuff just set up and ready already. 
I just wanted to make sure when we do Wednesdays that it's not something that I fall out of doing because I want this podcast to be here for you every other week. And so I really want to make sure before we start posting those that we're ready. And I think we're almost there. So that's also exciting. Anyways, that's enough of my rambling. I don't think I have any other real big updates. So let's just go ahead and get into today's episode. Today's episode is part two of the Nathan Hahn case. I want to give you a little bit of backstory and refresher of what we talked about last week. Last week, we talked about how Nathan was a creative kid who had a lot of friends. He was a great guy to be around, always made people laugh. And he would attend two parties the night of the accident. We are unaware, at least I am unaware, if his parents knew that he was going to these parties or not. But he would go to these parties with a group of his friends, the first one ending well, everybody splitting off, and Nathan and his friends would decide to go to a second party. When they got there, it started off pretty normal. That was until Nathan got into an argument with somebody there. Once this argument started, which it does sound like to be over a girl, it just got worse and worse. And Nathan decided at that point that he was going to walk home. He didn't want to look for his friends, he didn't want to call his mom and find a new ride, he didn't want to stay at that party anymore, so he walked home. According to the listener, shout out to MG who requested this case, this was not out of the ordinary for him. Nathan walked home often. But this walk home would have taken Nathan about four hours. It was on a dark road that stretched literally miles long, you guys. I've driven this road in the day and the night, and it would be sketchy to walk this road in the day, and I don't think I would ever even attempt it at night. And this is where things get a little weird, because we talked about how a woman would go to work at about 3 a.m. and drive past the spot where she would later find Nathan. He was not there. He was not walking there on that road. He was not anywhere near that road. But on her way home at about 5 a.m., she discovered Nathan laying in the middle of the road. She would call the authorities and the authorities would show up. Immediately, it looked like Nathan had been hit by a vehicle at high speeds, but he had nothing around him. Most of the time, at high speeds, a vehicle will leave parts of it there in the scene and things like that. And Nathan was literally just laying in the middle of the road by himself alone. They gathered a couple pieces of a vehicle around the scene, which they sent off and concluded to be a Dodge truck. The year they believed was somewhere in between 1994 to 2002. They are feeling more like it is the 1994 model though, and this truck also had a push bar on it. Now, they are unaware if this truck actually was part of the accident or if this was old pieces from a vehicle that had previously crashed on this road. They would then send Nathan off for an autopsy, this autopsy coming back that yes, he was indeed hit by a vehicle. This vehicle, based off of the autopsy and his injuries, concluded that they were going about 70 miles an hour when they struck Nathan. They also believe that Nathan was standing upright and he was actually in the process of turning around to look at the vehicle speeding towards him behind him. So the vehicle hit him from behind. The roads had no skid marks. 
There was no pieces of this vehicle left behind. There was literally nothing around Nathan, which almost seemed like somebody stopped to pick up the pieces. But if they would have stopped to pick the pieces up, they did not slam on their brakes when they hit Nathan. They probably came to a normal slowdown speed, stopped, got out of their vehicle, picked the pieces up, got back in their vehicle, and left. That, or it is possible that there was somebody else involved that was assisting the person who struck Nathan. When the police got all of this information back, they decided to start questioning these children. That is when they would discover that this party happened, this fight happened, and they would start to begin questioning the children. But every single one of these children, except for one, shut down. They lawyered up, they refused to talk. Their parents would not let them talk to the police. Nobody was saying anything. The one person who was saying something and who was communicating with police had confirmed that Nathan was there that night of the party, that there was a fight. So they know that that happened, but that is all that this person will say. And that is pretty much where we left off last time. That's your brief recap. I know it took us a minute to recap everything, but there was a lot of things that we talked about last time. This time, we're gonna talk a little bit more about the investigation, but mostly about the rumors that spread and the aftermath. Obviously, by this point, the authorities were hitting dead end after dead end. They could not figure out what happened to Nathan who hit him, and if it was on purpose or not. They knew they had to crack these children. They knew that somebody, one of these children, had to have known something. But nobody was saying anything. They literally tried to break these children down so much, and they were sure they were going to crack eventually. But everybody stayed tight-lipped. Even now. These children are now adults. These children have children of their own now. And they are still not breathing a word of what happened that night, what they know, or what they saw happened to Nathan. The authorities at this point were almost positive that the driver of the truck that struck Nathan knows that he hit somebody. And if it was an accident, why not come forward now? Nathan had been hit at such high speeds that the person driving would have noticed something. On top of that, he literally broke off or had to have broken off pieces of his vehicle. If the driver somehow did not notice that they didn't hit Nathan, the next morning, they would have noticed. They would have gotten out of their vehicle gone in it to do something, walked around it, and seen the pieces of broken vehicle on it and blood on it, they would have known that they had hit somebody that night. But nobody's come forwards. A lot of people, the authorities included, thought that these children didn't want to say anything because there was underage drinking involved. But by this point, nobody cares about the underage drinking. The authorities do not care. They didn't in the first place. If that fact alone is what's keeping you from coming forward because you know something, when you know something, that is ridiculous. The biggest rumor I heard growing up was that Nathan had overdosed on drugs that night. 
This does not sound like what happened because the authorities do believe, based off of his autopsy, that he was walking home that night. But the rumor goes that he overdosed on drugs and they were driving down the road when they decided that they had to push his unconscious body out from the moving vehicle to try to make it look like he had been hit. This way, they would not get in trouble for underage drinking or drugs. Another one of the rumors was that he was driven to the Payson city limits after 3 a.m. They would drop him off at the city limits and let him finish his walk home. This is when he would get struck and killed. This one doesn't make sense to me because his friends could have taken an extra five minutes to drive him all the way home to make sure he was taken home safely. Another theory is that exactly what police think happened. There was a fight. Somebody was angry at him. They sped towards him in their vehicle, struck and killed him. Then they called their parents. This is when the parents of the person who struck and killed Nathan and all of the children witnessing it would get together. They would begin talking about what happened and what they needed to do and decide that they needed to keep it hidden, possibly scaring their children into staying quiet and not talking to the police. Once they would finish their conversation, they would collect the phones of all of the children because these phones had incriminating evidence in them in the form of text messages. This is when they would destroy these phones. They would then, as a group, drive up to Nathan and clean the scene up so that there was nothing left behind. I do not believe that this is what happened because they would only have three hours to get this all done. I feel like three hours is a very short period of time to get this all done. They had to have a meeting, destroy the phones, drive to the scene and clean it all up. And you would have to put faith in those parents. These parents would be putting themselves and their children at risk to cover up the hit and run another child committed. I don't know if I believe that. And destroying the phones don't get rid of text messages. At least not normally. Their phone carrier should have had those text messages. So that doesn't make any sense either. Another theory is that an older man hit Nathan. Either he knew what happened at the party, or it was an accident. He could have also been a parent. Maybe Nathan was just in the wrong place at the wrong time, but either way, this older gentleman hits Nathan. This is a very interesting theory to me, because it is our third case from Spanish Fork. We had Kiplin Davis that disappeared from her high school. We had Peggy Sue Ellsworth that was murdered and buried in her cellar. And now we have Nathan that was possibly hit and killed by an older gentleman. They probably don't have anything at all to do with each other. But for there to be three cases that were pretty close together, all unsolved for the longest time, and Peggy was only discovered during renovations after the cellar was already cleared by police dogs, led to the belief that maybe somebody put her there after it was already checked. Isn't that interesting? The parents of Nathan obviously struggled. They didn't just lose their little boy. They lost him with no answers and with a ton of people who could hold the key to what happened to Nathan. They would end up selling their home that they raised him in. The memories that swirled around there were just too much to handle. 
Even with those painful memories, they still packed his stuff up and moved it into their new home, taking the hope with them that one day, somebody will get enough of a conscience to tell the authorities what happened. One day, somebody might give Nathan's family some answers, and they carry his belongings around with them for hope. Somebody knows something. Even now, when the road is driven on Arrowhead, there is a sign, which was recently updated, that has a photo of Nathan. The words, remember Nathan Hun, in hopes that one day somebody will break. Somebody will come forward with information. Somebody will give Nathan the closure he deserves. The fact that there are not any answers for Nathan's family hurts more than losing their son. They know that somebody out there knows they know something and they are choosing to not come forwards. If it was an overdose, you will not get in trouble. If it was an accident, you will not get in trouble. If it was a murder and you know who did it, you will not get in trouble. There were tons of kids at that party that night. Something happened there. Someone left Nathan there. There were six individuals that they believe knows something about what happened to Nathan. And at this point, why are we keeping it a secret? Somebody knows. You don't even need to come forward with your name and say anything. Nobody has to know you said anything. You can stay anonymous. There are anonymous tip lines for a reason. The children involved have children themselves now. If any of them are listening, how would you feel if this was your child and nobody was saying anything? There is a $15,000 reward for any tips that can lead to a conviction or closing the case. You can call the Utah County Sheriff's Office at 801-794-3970. Once again, if you know anything at all, please contact the Utah County Sheriff's Office at 801-794-3970. If you're uncomfortable calling, you can submit an anonymous tip or even email me at confessedobsessedpodcast at gmail.com and I will call and leave a tip for you. It can be the smallest tip. It could even be the color of the truck that can push this case over the edge and give Nathan the closure that him and his family deserves. And if you know anything and are hiding it, I do not understand how it is not eating you alive. Because what if this was your son? What if this was your brother? What if this was you? false or misleading information throughout this podcast. All facts have been researched to the best of my abilities, but accidents do happen. If this is a story you are interested in knowing more about, I highly recommend doing your own research. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.